Okay, here we are. Mike, welcome to the Elemental Awakening Show. How are you doing, brother? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Greetings yeah. from Spain. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so, um, so me and Mike have been Facebook friends for a while, for those of you tuning in. And I was recently on a trip to Spain, and I reached out to a bunch of people in the area to see who was around and who wanted to connect. And uh, I ended up getting to spend about a day and a half with Mike, really getting to know him. And I was like, wow, this is a really interesting guy, interesting story. Um, he's been in the alternative media space for how many years now? Nine years. Nine years. Less, yeah. Founded a really cool page called True Theory, which I'll get him to share a bit more about. And uh, we really had some really interesting conversations. So I thought it'd be a really cool idea to invite him onto this podcast. And if you're new to this podcast, it's you know really about people that I find super interesting. We can talk about anything from... Um, business, entrepreneurship, psychedelics, relationships, science, technology, spirituality, meditation, you name it. So, uh, Mike, tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about your story. And um, yeah, just take it from there. I'll pop in some questions where I feel fit. Yeah, sure. So, so for the last uh, nine years, I've been uh, behind the scenes running uh, this website called Truth Theory. Uh, it's called truthfear.com and uh, yeah it's been we've been going through different um, you know changes over the years we started with content that was more um, you could say activism or pointing out things what's wrong in the world and all these crazy things happening but over the years I think it's kind of while my my personal development was shifting and I became interested in different things so, um, that started also being reflected on what's being shared on the website and what's being published. So we currently produce at least 100 articles a month. We produce some original content. Um, we reach probably 2 million people a month in terms of traffic or more. And currently, uh, the focus is more on personal development, um, positive news. I think there is a lack of inspiring stories on it's the web. I see a lot of these pages moving. Like they started a lot of them in that same direction and then started moving into like more positive, just realizing that, you know, spreading more fear and negativity is not helping. It's, you know, maybe some people are waking up a bit, but it's not really helping change things. Yeah, as well. I mean, I think, it, yeah. You know, you need to be aware of the problems in the world. Someone has to do this part, but also you need to show people that there are solutions, that there is good going on, to inspire people to start doing the same things. Because I hear people constantly talking about how they hate media because it's so negative. And there is actually a theory that, um, you know, through our evolution, we had to, we're basically uh, wired to uh, look for bad news because, you know, when you are living in Savannah, you, you are in danger every day. So, so you kind of naturally pay attention to negative stuff much more than to positive. And it seems like media is actually trying to monetize on that. So if you look at the proportion of content being shared on media, 
there's going to be at least 80% of negative stuff, you know? So it's all about terrorism, disasters, and bad things going on in the world. So, but there's also, you know, equally more happening in the politics. So I got a question, what, what you think about, like, so there's one thing to think about bad things happening, but when something bad actually happens, like a hurricane, do you think people feel relief? Because like, okay, this happened, it's not that bad. Like I sort of weathered the worst case scenario. You know what I mean? Like, or when they're hearing about bad news, is there something that, that differentiates from actually just thinking about bad things than seeing it? Or do you think it keeps someone in a perpetual state? Ah, of just... You know, it's like watching a movie or whatever. To some extent, it starts to affect you. You know, you, it creates emotions. Like you either get angry or, you know, you like it, whatever. And if you're bombarded with all the negativity, like a lot of people believe that things are getting worse in the world and we're living in the worst period in history. I, I hear it from people all the time, but it's actually, if you look at the data, it's the most safe period in the history. The, the reason is because you have access to media and uh, there is only you know negativity most of the times so you are exposed to whatever is happening in the world and it's that's what you see all the time so i heard a stat once that 80 70 80 percent of our thoughts are negative is that have you heard of that stat yeah I, i'm not are sure like what 70, the thousand, 80, thoughts a day like a, a big percentage of them i think it's 70 or 80 percent are negative and you think media just is a reflection of that? So do they show 70, 80% of negative stuff because it matches what we're already thinking? Yeah, I mean, maybe not intentionally, or maybe intentionally. It's an interesting um, idea. I don't really know. Like I, I heard that it's being done on purpose to get attention. And then, you know, because you pay attention, they get more views and they can monetize it better. So I don't know really if this is exactly true or not. But uh, I'm surprised that, you know, I, I've noticed a lot of people when they read positive stories and inspiring stories, they really get affected in a positive way. And they also share content and they, it really inspires a lot of people to, to go and do similar things. Well, I think it's even more important, like, again, reading the story is a good thing. But when people actually take action and do a good deed or part of something that's a good cause, there's this feeling that sort of gets evoked within one oneself or within someone. And that can be life changing as well. You know what I mean? So like just watching it, like obviously you watch negative, you're not going to go and do something negative because you watch it. You're like, Oh man, you're going to get these other types yeah. of feelings. Or are you going to start, you know, protesting and Pro maybe, you know? yeah, maybe. But when you do something good, there's like a, a real definitely response or a change that happens within you, you know? Um, and so this, this will sort of go to my next question. Then we're going to backtrack a bit. So my next question for you is, uh, have you had like an awakening moment? You know, the show's called Elemental Awakening. Elemental is about being simple and, and raw. And awakening is usually when you have that sort of uh, moment where you see things differently. Your perspective changes. You're like, you have this aha moment. Any specific thing that comes to mind in, in your journey of um, the last 30 No, actually, years? I know a lot of people might go through this awakening in an instant moment, maybe have an out of body experience or some near death experience or whatever. Um, in my case, it was just a process that took many years, step by step. Uh, intuitively, I knew there is a lot more to the world, to, you know, 
you're being taught by society, by education, by your parents. And I just um, knew, you know, there's more to life. And I started looking for evidence and investigating. So it was a mixture of research and practice. So I would really go and try things myself and see how, how they work. So I also knew how things worked, just understood them. So for example, you know, you think about symbols in dreams, in tarot cards, whatever. I just knew that without reading anything about it that I could interpret them easily. So, so that was already like pretty much surprising for me. Why, you know, other people don't seem to see these things. And for me, it's very obvious. So, mm. so I was relying on my intuition and going uh, deeper and deeper. So, so for example, you know, I was reading about uh, chakras and energy healing and Qigong and Tai Chi and Qi and Prana, all these things. And I started practicing Qigong, which is a Chinese form of energy work. Yeah, Qigong, yeah. Yeah. And uh, after doing it for three years, you know, I started like the more I was training, the more I could feel the energy. I started feeling... Um, like a flow of energy between my palms. I started feeling chakras, you know, I became more sensitive. So for me, it was just a way to see for myself if this is true or not. And I've done a lot of this over the years, you know? And so before practicing, did you think, were you, would you consider yourself a skeptical person? Like, like you don't really believe things at face value until you... Um, I mean, initially I was... Uh, curious you know i kind of intuitively i thought it's probably true but you know you, you hear about all these myths and you want to actually validate it and i think a really good way is actually to try it yourself not just read about it you know because you you look at scientists who are very skeptical to a lot of these subjects and they very rarely do any deep research and almost never actually tried themselves so so that's something you know it's hard to really i, I love reading like like stories of scientists that do psychedelics for the first time especially the atheist scientists that are so science they'll do like five meo dmt or ayahuasca and they'll be like oh my god what's going on here uh, but but I, I agree and i always tell people all the time you know even when i was going through my process i was reading all these books even like spiritual books like religious texts whatever it wasn't until i actually tried practicing some of the concepts that i actually started feeling a difference and realizing so how long into the qigong did you actually realize like oh wait a minute there is some energy flowing through me that i have some control over was it uh, did it take i you don't remember i mean i for like one month and they'll give up it's like oh this is bullshit one yeah month. yeah that's you know? that's the thing like you know a lot of people are gonna try once or twice or gonna read one book or you know whatever with this and gonna approach it with a skeptical mind i think it's very important how you approach it as well because even if you believe let's say in the law of attraction if if your approach is skeptical you don't believe in something you're actually gonna bring the 
information that resonates with what you put out. So you're going to be bringing like the pieces of information that reflect your views and all these things. So it's kind of like you're closing yourself in the bubble. It, it's kind of, you know, let's say with, I was trying to have an out of body experience like 10 years ago. It was like, um, I've read a couple of books about it and I was reading amazing stories of people. Do you read like Robert Monroe? Yeah, Robert Monroe, uh, I, I looked into his you stuff as well. That's what got me interested in, in Out of Body, the Robert Monroe stuff. Yeah. I, I don't actually remember even like the titles of the books. It was more than 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But one of the techniques was that you fall asleep, you wake up like maybe 4 a.m. when you're in a full, you know, I don't know what's the REM or whatever it is, like you're in a deep sleep. Yep. And you try to stay focused on something, so your body falls asleep, and and then you hopefully you're gonna have an out of body experience because it's much easier for you to fall asleep again. And they say, I think Joe Dispenza's book says that at 4 a.m. is the highest um, production. Yeah. I think of DMT or um, melatonin. Melatonin, maybe. Yeah, melatonin. And they say melatonin structurally is very close to DMT. It's like missing a couple molecules um, yeah. to create DMT. So, anyways. Uh, and did you, were you were you successful? Yeah. So, so like for example, I really had a lot of issues with it. I, I, I but I was very determined because of all these amazing stories. You know, like people traveling to astral planes, doing all sorts of cool things. So actually, I think after three months of trying, I had something which I consider an out-of-body experience. And I, what they were saying that you actually get lucid dreams you can get a normal out-of-body experience so you kind of see yourself in bed whatever and then you might have an out-of-body experience in a dream and that's kind of seemed more or less like that but a lot of these things that i was reading about were there so for example i found myself in my hometown you know there were like a bus stop was flipped like in the mirror you know the other way around which or describing sometimes this is how you see in astral plane um wow. you know like i was floating like like a ghost <laughs> like I've, I've had that I, I got the floating part a couple times and when i realized where i was which was in my house i automatically like snapped back out of it like as soon as like oh my god this is happening the mind was just like couldn't couldn't take yeah it. So, so you know you you get these um myths about maybe a ghost floating and it comes from something you know it comes from maybe some people have these experiences that's oh interesting i never thought of it that way that's no, what i think so so there are a lot of these things you know and so during that experience actually i i was reading that you cannot really harm anyone and so i just said i'm gonna punch someone <laughs> in the face <laughs> and i just i saw like we were communicating telepathically or something, you know, it was more like, like I couldn't hear anything, but I could see a reflection in the face, um, you know, so this person obviously didn't like what I was doing and, and it was like, it was making some strange faces and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, there was like, you, I was reading, you have three types of speed. So the first one is you just float. The second, you are more or less like, maybe 100 miles an hour or something, like a train or something like that. So I started like moving fast with this second speed to another part of the city that I knew. And then, um, you know, I was reading a lot about uh, sex 
in astral planes. And so like, okay, I want to have sex. <laughs> Such a male thing to do, you know. <laughs> Can't someone have sex? <laughs> and? and actually, I found myself on a staircase um, with like a round kind of thing. And spiral staircase woman yeah spiral uh, and i could only see that we, we were kind of flirting like you know i could see her face was like positive smiling and we are having some interaction in in terms of communication but um i i couldn't hear anything just like a telepathic kind of co communication um without you know i couldn't understand anything and and i don't actually remember anything afterwards that was like the only time i, I had this whole experience interesting interesting maybe she took advantage of you maybe you got like uh, roofied in the astral plane and <laughs> you woke up in your real bed um okay moving on so let, let's go back so before all this happened where were you like before you opened uh, the website true theory like what brought you to that point did you did you always were you always into this stuff i know you grew up in eastern europe uh, eastern europe right yeah yeah, yeah like I, I grew different type of mentality yeah so so let's um, that. how did that journey come about to where to, to getting to that point of starting true theory i was um i was doing a lot of research already and um I already became interested in like this this thing about being intuitively drawn to things. I was around early 2000, 2002 maybe. And then I started um, researching, uh, I'm dyslexic, so I really had a lot of issues with reading. And then maybe around 2004, 2005, you know, the video content was getting more accessible so like 2006 i think youtube started so so you know i was moving trying to read books but it was always very slow and researching and going to events like for example mind body spirit which is a big festival in london um i went there first time 2006 i think um so you know you just go and learn new things and then you go come back home and do your research and all these things so so it was taking years and years and years and, and at that time it was just like a hobby thing and uh, around 2010 it became really easy um, you know WordPress became a thing and I started thinking like it would be nice to have a website um you know so was it off the bat to like create a business out of it or to like yeah, share um, having something that could, you know, pay my bills and at the same time I would do what I like doing, which is researching already. So I started with a couple of projects, um, you know, some first attempts, got some domains, wrote some articles, didn't even launch these things, decided like this is not a good idea. And started with another one was like a failure as well. And it was kind of this process, you know, started with like, I think initially we had just some uh, free documentaries from YouTube, like that was the thing, embedding and categorizing documentaries, and then started exploring with different types of content and growing and learning. And it was like learning from the 
bottom, you know, like not knowing anything about anything. So how important are all those failures along the way to, to changing and shifting your position to where you got now? I mean, uh, failures are necessary, you know? Is failures. there one that stands out that you remember that helped just change the whole process of where you're at? I think failures are just a part of the process and you know you constantly fail and you have to not be afraid to fail and get rejection or make mistakes anything like that you know and i and i actually learned i i started learning from failures and not taking them as failures i don't think about them as failures anymore you know just like i learned this from this situation and that's it you know it helped me to to do what I'm doing now so okay so do you think so what do you think um, do you think it's possible for someone like today like 2010 was a different time to start a blog or a website yeah. do you think it's still possible for someone to start today something like that and, and yeah. still be successful you know totally I if you I think the best obviously media is video now so um, you can see people like uh, Jay Shetty who appears out of nowhere and in two years getting 20 million followers or something right so if you you know i think obviously with the video content you need to have personality you need to have knowledge but a lot of these things are something you can improve so, so also, your, your best advice to someone starting out like take the video route like what, what do you say would you would you recommend someone like if you had to tell them one thing if they want I mean, to start the v video um is like the best medium and it's definitely everything goes towards video content because it's easier to consume and you can learn about personality and, and all these things it's it's much easier so so it resonates with people it's much more shareable if you feel like you can be in front of the camera and even if you don't you know you can improve for sure try right you, you got to give it yeah. a shot just like just like the spiritual path you know you never know until you actually try and you'd be surprised yeah, exactly. even me the first like, couple of times in front of cameras you know, very awkward. on every level you can improve you know mm -hmm. it's like we are I, I wasn't even a speaker at all you know but now I, I can do some of that and it's fine and english so, is so second everyone, language too so it's it's really amazing that uh you speak so yeah. well and having that confidence to, to speak in front of people Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not my first language. Yeah, I started learning when I was twenty-one. <laughs> ah, amazing, amazing. Um, so yeah, so we talked a bit about um, you know, some advice for people wanting to start going the video path. Um, so then, so you came along your path. You were interested. You started the blog. It's taken you the last ten years. Um, so what's what's next for you? Like, what where do you see yourself going now? Are you still continue to grow true theory, branching off into new projects? Um, yeah, so for me, there are like these two main things that I always want to try to combine if possible. It's very hard. Like one is to, you know, try to run a business, have a platform, um, and it helps you to reach a lot of people, you know. it's um, It also can help you to like share your ideas as well and and something that i want to work on as well is to actually share some of my own research and ideas and views and and that's always been on the side because you know when you try to run a business 
especially small one without any funding it's very hard so you have to like you commit like crazy and then so i'm busy with the business side and rarely i have time for uh, my own creative uh, part but i would like to combine these two things and uh, try to have them balanced so maybe write books do some documentaries and events as well on the business side and produce more content and we we try we're gonna try to raise some funding for true theory as well to expand and and you know start doing uh bigger things how important do you think um, creative expression is in you know overall wellness and optimization you know from a human perspective my, my opinion is that that's what we're designed to be we're designed to be creators so our natural state is to be relaxed and calm and easygoing and then once we feel that, like our, our natural sort of propensity is to create something, you know, to build maybe uh, art, music, a project. As an entrepreneur, I feel this always this need. I want to create more and more. What do, what do you feel? Like, so you feel this yearning that you're not fulfilling enough of your creative side. Is that, that what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you have to think you got to pay the bills, right? <laughs> if you want to be a writer or whatever, it might take a couple of years before you're actually going to get any recognition, any money. So in that period, you need to think what you're going to be doing. But at the same time, you know, I learned so much, even in the side, on the side of information and content, not only on the business side. Um, so I was treating it as a kind of a job and ability, like my research time becomes my job, which is a good thing. But I think overall, like we all have gifts and we all should have opportunity to express these gifts because everyone is good at something you know yeah we have like this unique um abilities and very often we don't have opportunities to express these things um, because our jobs are completely something else you know and that's that's the problem for me so, so what do you think about like when people advise people to like follow your dreams, go all in, quit your job. Do you think it's dangerous for some people that um, they can't sort of make ends meet? So I know some people that do that and end up hating their passion because they view it as something that, you know, ruined their life because they quit their job to become, you know, uh, an artist or to yeah. make necklaces and they, they couldn't make yeah. ends meet, but they were doing something they loved. Do you think it's good advice, bad advice. Oh, I think it's it's complicated on many levels. You know, it depends uh, on many different things. Your circumstances, you know, how hard you are willing to work. Are you, you know, smart enough to see when something doesn't make sense or makes sense? It's a bunch of these different things. You know, you you probably don't want to quit everything and uh, start trying to maybe build your business out of your passion if you're broke or whatever you you're gonna have to maybe work part-time or work weekends and all these things so you gotta uh, you know really think things through be rational see what makes sense you know but i think currently the internet really gives us so many opportunities that we can we can do anything online you can be an expert in any kind of small niche yeah. and you know just being working hard being smart about it you know all these things right interesting yeah i think a lot of people hear like all of these crazy success stories of someone who like yeah. followed their passion 
but you don't hear about the nine people that failed yeah, or even exactly. that person that followed their passion. Sometimes they have these such unique characteristics or like no. work ethic that they can really like push through those yeah. really tough times. A lot yeah, of people you know, yeah. have adversity and are like, screw this, I'm out of here, you know, like going back to find a job. And I've been through that myself in my own process where I started doing things I was really passionate about and that fear came up. It's like, oh, I should just go back get a job, go back to school. All these things that I know I don't want, but this fear mechanism comes in and it's just like, hey, go back to safety and security rather than following your passion and going through this painful process of growing. Yeah, no. Um, the thing is, like, starting something on your own is going to be very challenging. You know, it's like you, you, people prefer security, like having paycheck and paid holidays and all these things. That's why not many people go in the other path but um and another thing is you know once you're gonna you're gonna be facing challenges all the time it's it's just a natural thing so you have to get used to it and you, this is you always have to think there, there there are problems and you gotta solve these problems and i see people who maybe want to try some business or something and they're gonna face first challenge and then they quit and it's kind of like you know it's nothing you you're gonna have to go through hundreds of these or thousands of these over the years and you just that's if you're not willing to do these kind of things then maybe it's not for you you know maybe you're gonna be like really draining yourself you you have to be stable in order to face these challenges you know like not take them that seriously like you know yeah absolutely Okay, so let's ask some random questions now. You know, we talked a bit about your story, about um, some of the things you do. Um, in regards to health, you know, I consider you a pretty healthy guy. Um, what's like your number one thing in your routine that you think is the most important when it comes to like health, wellness, could be exercise, biohacking. Is there one thing that for you is like... Uh, I have this meditation technique that I've been using for many years already. It's... it's we can maybe add the link somewhere to okay. we'll definitely add the link. And it's 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 a guided meditation that is like a grounding meditation. You visualize this white light going from the universe through like the top of your head all the way to the ground. And it's you don't have to do the guided version. You can once you learn it, you can just do it straight away. Um, so the the idea is that you are in this kind of pillar or ray of white light that is going all the way from the universe through you to the ground. And like with every meditation, it might take a couple of weeks before you're gonna actually learn it and get what it's all about. But once you learn it for me it's like it's amazing it refreshes me so much it's like you just feel like this wildlife is just like clearing you and clears my mind everything it can help with headaches that's amazing and, it, it sounds know. like to me like how i explain like um, unconditional love or love how it it's our natural state the highest frequency is love which would equal also like this white purest light and really, like, I, my opinion, like, love doesn't come from you or out of you. Like, it flows through you. It's only when you have all these blocks, pain, traumatic scar, you sort of close off that sort of, that flow of, of white light. But when you can sort of focus on reconnecting, allowing it to flow through you. Yeah, so, so, awesome. 
you know, like the normal meditations are all about um, just silencing your mind, trying to not be attached to faults and things like that. But this one has this effect. And on top of that, this white, it's like a grounding thing, you know, you connect the root chakra with the earth and, and this one, crown one with the top. So it gives you, it almost like clears your whole body, your energy field, everything. Plus you become quiet and all these things. So it's really, really good. Amazing. Amazing. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. And we're going to put a link for that into the, yeah. into the podcast. So um, we'll talk a bit about like entrepreneurship or investing. So if someone gave you a million dollars tomorrow and they said you had to invest it in something, what would you invest it in? Ah, in truth theory. <laughs> huh? In, in truth theory. In what way? In what way? Like <laughs> the studio? Like, like, yeah, I mean, like um, the goal for us is to move into events, um, start doing some conferences, retreats, um, and also more content. So uh, digital content, video content, interviews, maybe mini documentaries. So we, we need to get like build, build infrastructure, studio. Yeah, definitely want to get a proper office, um, hire a few extra people, have a studio, things like that. Yeah. So, and if you had to invest it outside of truth theory, is there like something that you think is a good industry market? I have to, um, you know, do some research, but cryptocurrencies probably significant part, maybe half. I don't know. I'm a believer. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. I'm a big believer in cryptocurrency too. I know it's really um, shaky right now as it's establishing itself. I think yeah. something new is being birthed and, and all this chaos, something really amazing and uh, yeah. liberating, I think will come through. Uh, but that's why it's important now for people who believe to sort of support in whichever way they can. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'm not saying invest all your money in cryptocurrency. If that's all you got, but if you have a little bit of extra and you believe in it, um, it's always good to in, research some of the, the projects you believe in and uh, invest a couple of your dollars. Cause we speak loudest with how we invest our money. You know, I tell people if you're just investing in, in mutual funds that are just based on profit that are just investing in oil companies or companies that are, you know, factory farming and burning down the rainforest. Like you're contributing to that, that energy. You know, if you really choose where your money goes, you stop that flow of money to them, then we can put it into places that, that we go. A lot of people will protest against these things, but then they'll invest in a fund. And I think that's the problem with capitalism. They always, they care about profit and it's, it's not sometimes not even done intentionally. Like a CEO's yeah. job is to keep his job based on profit and they have to appease the shareholders. They don't care about the, the, the regular population. It's just keep my job, make the shareholders happy, whatever we got to do in the process. I know there are some companies changing that, but um, I think it's super important to have that awareness. Cryptocurrencies are, um, I think they're a kind of competition to banks. Um, you know, so we, that's why it's something that it gives people power over money. You know, banks can, because they don't have competition, they can charge whatever, you know, fees they want and, and now there is, um, you need competition in order to um, have better outcomes for normal people. And some, some cryptocurrencies, you know, allow people with, without access to banks or anything, just having internet and their phones to send money with very little fees. 
it's it's like you know every new technology takes maybe a couple of years um, to get mature and get mainstream adoption and i think this is what we are seeing slowly with, with uh, crypto now amazing so you just you just uh, primed my next question what's the what's your favorite type of like app or technology that you feel really helps improve your everyday life oh, <laughs> i mean because I, like i said you know i'm dyslexic so i always had problems with the reading and i discovered something called audible <laughs> it's interesting like, a dyslexic has a wordpress blog with 100 articles a month is it yeah. just hard to read or writing as well no i mean both but both. Um, that's it's amazing it's amazing feat working on very hard over yeah, the so years. if you're anyone out there that feels like you know you're limited by anything you know anything is possible don't use your limitation as, as like um but you know, an you know still reading long um stuff like books it takes ages so i switched completely to listening and i think it's it's great you know i just have walk go to the park or do something and i listen to books all the time or podcasts amazing and yeah i think audible is like probably the nicest thing i discovered for myself <laughs> okay so what's your number one recommendation on audible right now would you tell people uh, to, uh, I, to? it depends you know i, I like uh, biographies sometimes um because what was the most impactful one to you what would you find a uh, really impactful? i probably the one about story of elon musk I don't yeah. remember it's the title, but it's it's the only main biography. I think that he's quite inspirational guy. Yeah. So yeah, the story is really interesting because he's actually interviewed hundreds of people around him to get the account of what's going on really. Because if you would just interview him, he he could make things up or he could just hide stuff he doesn't want to share. But you know, it, it created a full picture. So it's pretty wow. good. Interesting. And what about podcast? Any podcast you recommend that you're really into right now or um, that you've been into? It's, um, you know, I just jump for things like I, I'm, my range of interest is really broad. So it kind of recently I was, um, I think it's called land of giants or something like that. It's like a series on high tech companies. So there was a, like a whole series of, on Amazon and they interview people like it, it kind of, some of these things are pretty interested, interesting. Uh, recently I was listening to something about um, Putin, you know, like okay. Vladimir Putin. It's actually a little bit of a propaganda against him, obviously, because it's done by BBC, but, but it's still interesting, you know, um, you can get like a story of something and they do these kind of podcasts now where you have different episodes and it's all about one topic they do interviews um so it's it's like really well made you know you can get like a full picture or something it's again like you know you can listen to it at any time Mm -hmm. by when you wash your dishes or when you drive a car yeah i'm the same even with podcasts i don't really like subscribe to a single podcast i look more for guests like recently i listened to like uh yeah. like tony robbins and mike tyson on mike tyson's podcast talking about 5-meo dmt and um ayahuasca and it was super interesting to hear these two guys talking about this topic that i would have never thought either of them would have, would have yeah been. all right so just wrapping up here um 
you know, we didn't really get much into psychedelics. Um, maybe we'll leave that for the next time. Just quick, are you a, a supporter of psychedelics? I know you guys put a lot of articles on the website that are psychedelic based. I know there's a big renaissance. Obviously, not, you know that I'm a huge supporter yeah. of psychedelics. Um, not, not that many articles, maybe, but I definitely, um, you know, I think psychedelics are overall good, but it's like any tool, you know, it's, it's a powerful tool. So like with fire, you can burn yourself or you can uh, cook meal or with the car, you, you need to learn how to drive to not crash the car, right? It's the same thing, you know, it's like you need to know what you're doing, um, what do you take, what are the settings, certain settings, obviously crucial. Yeah, and because it's largely legal market, it's hard to, sometimes you buy something from a shady person and you don't even know if you're taking the right dose and all these things. So you need to do it uh, properly, you know? I'm, I'm curious, what do you see happening in Spain? Because I know when I was there, they were selling these little kits, like mushroom growing kits in like the stores there. Like, is it, no, is, is it a um, big, like, um, is that just very specific and niche or is it becoming more popular where people are like growing their own psychedelics? Because I found that I, very interesting. There's one thing that stood out to me in Barcelona, like grow your yeah. own mushroom kits. I don't know. I, I mean, like the thing is different regions. I think they have slightly different laws. Um, so I'm not 100% sure if this is actually available in the whole of Spain. Or if they're even like, legal where they're selling them. Barcelona is, is Catalonia, which is almost like a separate state, kind of. They became independent, but not really. I mean, like they voted <laughs> yeah. to become independent. But before anything's going to change, it's going to take a long time. So. Uh, you don't really hear a lot of these things. I'm not so much into like this stuff here. I know there are like kind of uh, dispensaries or coffee shops for weed and things like that. Um, but yeah, you, you don't see it. You know, it's just something that was probably happening and now it's happening a little bit differently. It still happens in a similar levels. You know, it's like gotcha. Like something like that, I guess. In my opinion, it's good to see something is happening. So it means that people are being more open-minded to like, you know, marijuana, yeah. which again is, is, is a good tool, but shouldn't be used every single day. Now that the mushrooms are starting to show up, I think it's going to be also a good tool, but also needs to be done responsibly. Yeah, so it's interesting it's, to see that it's actually coming out into the mainstream rather than, you know, being hidden. Yeah, it's, um, these things are tools. And you, like with everything, you can get addicted. Maybe, maybe not with psychedelics, but you know, Abuse them. I don't yeah, think I did, but you can abuse them. Yeah. Like you can abuse anything, right? So you need to know what you're doing, how you do these things. And I think if you actually, um, there is this documentary, I think they sent you uh, Hoffman's Potion, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, probably you can find it on YouTube. Um, so it's like a history of LSD. And um, they show how LSD was legal for the first, whatever, 20 years or something. And then because all these hippies in the 60s who were taking LSD, they didn't want to fight the war in Vietnam and all these things were protesting about these things. The government made it such a bad substance and, you know, dangerous, like Timothy Larry, the most dangerous person in America, all these things, because it didn't really fit their agenda. You can see it very clearly. You can see from the military propaganda videos 
yeah. how they, you know. Uh, we put a clip in our documentary psyched out of one yeah, of the. It's, it's really um, just fun to watch this stuff, but I mean, this is what mo most people believe, you know. It's like yeah. they, are, they think this is like something that you can compare with cocaine, or whatever, you know. It's like. Yeah, I find it interesting too, but now there's this whole new awareness around it. I think the internet's helped, and it's like. It's good and bad because at the same time, it's putting a lot of pressure on like the ayahuasca and like the Amazon and like this tourism thing. And so there's good and bad. So we're, we're all hoping that it's done properly this time with, with the right research. Because I remember all research was stopped too at the same time when they sort of banned LSD. It was like they just yeah, cut everything. Now, now so, there's more and more research being done. More and more research, which is good. Okay, so I guess um, last couple questions here before we go. Um, what are you most grateful for in your life? Like with a little bit of gratitude. Uh, I mean, like, I guess I'm just grateful for, um, you know, this mission and um, that I have, which is just to help people to realize um, who they are, how the world works and what, you know, all these things we're doing. So obviously, um, yeah, that, I would say this is just like this opportunity that I have and the fact that I'm living in like probably the most interesting period in history where all these crazy things are happening and all these crazy things are possible. So you take advantage of, of this time and this opportunity and then do something with it. Uh, you know, that's, amazing. That's my thing. <laughs> Grateful. Amazing. Last question. Is there something that I haven't asked you that you wish I would have asked you about? Uh, um, yeah, I think I, I was thinking about it like, you know, like we go through some tough times. Everyone goes through tough times. Right? And then, you know, I was going through some difficult period last year, for example. right? And um, a lot of people are not very well equipped to deal with situations like that. You know, something happens, maybe, I don't know, maybe your fiance is going to leave you or maybe you're going to lose the job or whatever, it's going to happen, you know? But um, you can actually, everything is kind of like, you can look at it differently and not go through it without so much impact. So sometimes you can turn the bad situation into a good situation. So like, for example, um, you know, like someone we both know who has a CBD business, um, you know, who I'm talking about, yeah. like, like, you know, he, he had some issues, like he was distributing CBD in Canada. And um, I think like the shops, which were the clients he found started uh, buying directly from a producer, which was against the contract he had with the producer. Then the, you know the laws changes in Canada uh, changed, and he needed to have a new license, which was like taking ages and all these things. So basically, he was kind of paralyzed on two different fronts with his business. And then he found a way by joining a bigger company that had a license that he could use. They actually helped him to develop his own brand now and all these things. So, so you can always turn this situation, which is now it's like it ended up with something much better, right, than initial things. So instead of like looking at these things as something negative, think about how can you find solutions or 
turn it into something positive. It reminds me of the book I just shared with you, the surrender experiment. You know, when things happen, not oh, yeah. to sort of react, allow, yeah, see, what's, exactly. I see mean, what's really happening. Sometimes it's just a readjusting yeah. of your, your, your space and the things and the people you deal with, right? Usually you're trying to put things in alignment for you. I find it's us that usually is trying to say, no, I don't want that to happen or I'm going to fight for this. But it's like yeah. you flow with it most of the time. Sometimes you go through that rocky thing, but at the end, it's really trying to align you into a different direction, like totally. Yeah, this is uh, probably something that we should have uh, like an episode only about this. Yeah, it's okay. Topic, and this is something I'm actually more and more interested in over the years, especially recently. So um, I'm learning how to like see the signals, how sometimes something unfolds in your life and your natural reaction is going to be maybe like fear or rejection. But actually, if you're going to follow, it brings even better outcome than you anticipate. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's something I'm learning and working it's fine, with. It's finding those tools to sort of navigate the storm when it's happening. I think that's the key. It's like when, when it's that ugly realignment part process, it's like how do you just stay grounded, centered, not react too much, you know, wait it out, be patient. I think those yeah. are the keys in my life where I'm always freaking out. I'm trying to grab something that's going to help me feel better in that instance, which is really not helping me in the long run. But then over time, it's like, okay, you know, I, I needed to go. Well, a lot of situations in one year from now or two years from now, you might look at them as blessings, not as bad things, you know? Hopefully every single one will realize that the worst part is always a blessing. It's usually when you, when you hold on and resist and you keep going back to that same pattern that you, you can't break out of it. So you have a similar yeah. reoccurrence of a bad experience. It might be with a different partner or a different job or a different boss mm -hmm. or whatever. But if you don't change or learn from that difficult experience, you're going to keep on having it until you surrender <laughs> and move through it. So, yeah, no, I agree. We can have a whole episode about that and telling stories and sharing stuff. So let's, let's maybe put, set that as an intention for a follow-up. Uh, yeah, I think this is an important subject for a lot of people and not many people actually really understand it. I, I noticed that very few people actually totally get this stuff. I'm not even like fully getting it yet, but I think like... It's a process, yeah. It's part know, of learning. It's, yeah, it's part of learning. So I just wanted to say thank you for um, spending the time here today. I love everything you're doing with True Theory. Um, I wish you all the success. Um, I don't like to say luck because I think you know, luck is just a, a, a word. Uh, I think, but like hard work and clear intention and coming from the heart is what creates success. So, and I know you have all those qualities. So I'm here to support you any way that I can. Um, thanks for your support with the things that I do. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, anything you on closing you want to say as we go? No, no, thank, thank you for for this opportunity and um glad that you're moving into more interesting projects and um yeah no thanks for everything and i think for for the viewers just check out truefury.com regularly we publish a couple of articles every day uh subscribe on social media it's either uh mike Gula on different platforms, Instagram, Facebook mainly, or True Fury. And also, on, if you go to truefury.org, uh, there is a sign-up form where you can uh, join our mailing list, and you're going to get a free copy of my ebook, which is talking about personal development. So if you want to get it for free, just go to truefury.org and sign up for uh, our mailing list. Awesome. Okay. So you heard it guys, go check it out. 
Uh, Mike's an awesome guy doing great things. Thank you, Mike. We'll have you on again for sure. Great. Yeah, no, thanks. Have an awesome day. <laughs> yeah.